3D Movie Time Capsule for 2014. Welcome to a new Time Capsule podcast. This year is 2014. I'm Adolf. I have with me Jake. Howdy, folks. And 2014 is a special year because that is the year their website was founded. Unfortunately, this year is kind of a... We have a lot of movies to talk about, and a lot of them are bad. <laughs> yeah. Let's just get started. Um, the first movie is Legend of Hercules. Two Hercules movies this year. This is the first one. What do you think of this movie, Jake? Ugh. This is easily the worst Hercules movie of the year. Now, there's another one, you know, it comes out way later in the year. We're going to try to go chronologically here, but um, we'll just include this at the same time because they're related. There's another Hercules movie just called Hercules with The Rock. How's that movie? Uh, it's mediocre. It's saved by uh, The Rock is basically playing The Rock as if he was Hercules, you know? You know, slightly bad, mostly good. Uh, just he's just playing the rock in a in a Grecian loincloth. Uh, do you remember the three D aspect of either one of the movies or no? Mediocre. Uh, if you're bored and can and can get them in three D for under five bucks, I say go for it. Otherwise, uh. They're going to be real expensive drink coasters. This is not a must-have rock movie in the rock anthology of movies. Nah. If you got to see the rock in 3D, Rampage. Or, uh, um, what is it, uh, San Andreas. And then Jumanji is well worth hunting up in, three, in 3D. Yeah, we could have a whole rock playlist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could. Yeah, he's becoming the king of 3D. All right, next up is The Nut Job, an animated movie about squirrels getting nuts. It's all right. Yeah, I vaguely remember it. You know, it's a, it's based, it's set in the 1940s. That's more than I remembered about it. <laughs> to be honest, uh, I don't remember how much I slept in the theater. I was a very bad babysitter. Luckily, no kids were killed in my presence. <laughs> So, yeah, this is an animated movie with the, the squirrels and animals, and there's, like, a nut shop, and they sneak in and have the little plan, and it's a, you know, a kind of a cute kind of animated movie. I mean, six years later, I barely remember it. Okay, Liam Neeson was one of the squirrels, right? Uh, I believe so. Well, Warnett is in here, Brendan Fraser, Gabriel Glessas, Ian Leeson, yeah. Okay, then I am re uh, remembering the right movie ever so slightly. I know, this is such a ringing endorsement. We can barely remember this movie. <laughs> I did, I think I watched it at home. I don't think I watched it in 3D, so I don't remember anything about the 3D aspect. Uh, I remember seeing it in the theater, and I also remember I woke up in the theater. All right, let's move on. Uh, I, Frankenstein. I heard bad things about this movie. i never seen it, though. 
Ugh. Yeah, Aaron Eckhart. You might remember him as Two Face in the um, Batman Nolan trilogy. Um, he plays our titular uh, Frankenstein. This is terrible. He gives it his all. I mean, it's gorgeous to look at. The 3D is actually pretty good sometimes, but it's just so dreary. And it's based on a, uh, I think it's a Dark Horse comic book series. Uh, this was, this is easily one of the worst movies of, uh, of 2014. Well, we got plenty more bad movies in 2014. Don't you, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, one of the years that helped really kill 3D. So this was kind of a flop, right? It didn't make that much money, like $76 million box office on a $65 million budget, which is not at all good. Yeah, that then they probably yeah, probably made no money. It was a nice tax write-off for somebody. This came out in January, which is you typically the time where really bad movies come out where they're just there to dump them. Mm-hmm. So, yep. All right, let's keep going here. Let's go to a Chinese movie called The Monkey King. Oh, this one's, um, there were, there's been a whole, there was a whole slew of uh, Monkey King um things coming out. It came out. And this is a pretty good one. Decent 3D. Uh Personally, I really enjoyed the 3D conversion of the animated 60s one that came out about the same time. Except I think it actually came out in the previous year, just slightly. Um, what I re remember the most about this is the 3D was pretty good. And it's definitely something I need to revisit in the future. I remember there being, yeah, like you said, a bunch of Monkey King movies. And I remember there being an Americanized one. That I really liked, but I don't remember the name. Do you know what that movie is or no? Off the top of my head, no. But it's probably one of those things, if you refer to it as the Monkey King, people would think that's what you're talking about. It's one of the Jackie Chan and Jet Li in it. It's probably the Monkey King. The Forbidden Kingdom came out in 2008. Uh, that's one I really like. Okay. Huh. The name totally slipped my mind. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it has Jet Li and uh, Jackie Chan. So two of the biggest martial artists, uh, actors of recent memory. Yeah. All right, anyway, let's keep going here to the Lego movie. Uh, the first Lego movie I saw in a cheap daughter theater with my now wife. And we saw it because everyone was saying how good it was. And I remember saying, okay, this is just a commercial for Legos. I like Legos, but I don't need to see a whole movie for it. And it actually is awesome. Everything is awesome. Yeah, this is incredible. Uh, this, is how, this is how you do a, a product movie. This is an incredible movie. Uh, the 3D is amazing. Uh, this is well worth uh, picking up in 3D if you have the capabilities to watch 3D movies and and these days um if you want to watch 3D movies I suggest going the projector route because it's probably a lot easier to get a projector than it is a TV unfortunately but oh back, back to the movie it's uh 
it's awesome. Yeah, that song is such an earworm. But then, like, the parts that are in the movie are really cute, but, like, the whole song is not good. It's just really weird. Um, it just gets into, like, this whole rap thing, and it's like, what? Mm-hmm. This is not what I was thinking. I thought it was just, like, a cute pop music, you know, but I don't know. And, uh, and Will Arnett as Batman is incredible. He's, like, one of my favorite Batmans now. And, uh, and Morgan Freeman makes his fourth appearance uh, in a movie with Batman as a character. So that means he's the actor who's been in the most Batman movies. So, um, you know, I don't... I, I, I said it was awesome, but I don't really think it's awesome. I really do like it, though. Um, the surprise ending with... Uh, with I really liked. And I, I enjoyed it more than I thought. But I think I, was, I went into theater because everyone was, like, saying how amazing it was. And... If I didn't have any expectations, I think I would have enjoyed it more. But because the expectation game, you know, but I still enjoyed it. I still think it's a really good movie. Now on to a bad movie, which I haven't seen, but I've heard really bad things. The remake of RoboCop. Oof. This showed so much promise. Uh, uh, didn't see it in 3D. Um there was there's some really good actors in this, but it just didn't have any of the energy that made the Paul Verhoeven RoboCop such an amazing movie. This is just tired, cliched. Uh, if you got to see an update of RoboCop, go see Upgrade instead. That's an amazing movie. Just skip this. It's not worth uh, your time. Now, RoboCop, um, it's kind of interesting looking back at that movie that somehow that movie was very, very politically charged and it was much more satirical than people kind of thought going in. They thought it was just an action movie like this version of the movie apparently is. That movie, the original movie, is a lot smarter, a lot more sharp and really bloody, like damn bloody <laughs> um and so so jake would you buy the new robocop movie for a dollar uh no i wouldn't rent it for a dollar <laughs> you get that joke oh of course i get that joke i'd buy that for a dollar <laughs> uh all right let's keep going here uh pompey oh god Oh, What's with 2014, Jake? Why is there so many of these like ancient movies coming out this year? I don't know, and they all suck. Oh God, this is horrible. This is one of those. I was like praying that the lava would come off the screen and burn me, so it would put me out of my misery. Oh God, this movie is wretched. Oh. God, it is miscast. It's it is a failure on every level. This is one of those movies you question why, and it's hard. And you're sitting here about two hours of your life has been stolen from you, and then you think, yeah, but the poor schmucks who made this movie, they lost months of their lives. So I guess you're even. You got revenge. But they got money 
for it and you had to pay money and then you feel depressed all again so this is based on the uh, story of Pompeii which is a lost city back in the ancient Roman days that were exploded because of a volcano and mm-hmm. we we found this city or not we uh, me and Jake <laughs> but humanity found this city uh, of archaeologists and it's very intact because of the volcanic ash. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, buried them, and they didn't even really know what a volcano was. So you can imagine how terrifying it was for them. And they're, they're horrific deaths, are forever remembered. And this movie's pretty horrific, too. It has a, a real crappy uh, fictional love story, blah, blah, blah. It is one cliche after another. I'm like going another one of these movies that exists because Lord of the Rings made money and uh, Game of Thrones is popular. So they decide, oh, let's make Pompeii. And I'm like, I will say the uh, effects in 3D look awesome. But it's not worth having to sit through this. If you can find this cheaply on disc or or somehow there you've got access to 3D rentals, just fast forward to the uh, explosions. They're cool in 3D, but I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. Okay. Yeah. So ex- watching the movie is almost as bad as experiencing the death of a fiery volcano. <laughs> Yeah, I guess uh, it's something I don't. It's something I don't want to experience, and this movie is also something I wish I hadn't experienced. All right, moving from ancient uh, Rome to nearby, almost three hundred, the rise of the empire. I don't. I've watched the original three hundred and enjoyed it, but not this one. I've seen it. I remember the 3D being pretty good. Um, I just remember it just didn't have the energy of the first one. It was just kind of there. And I think this was such a jam-packed year. It kind of just got lost. Because I haven't seen this since uh, 2014. All right. Uh, Let's keep it going here. We got an animated movie. A movie that I want to see... But I never saw, and I'm part of the problem because this movie flopped. Or it didn't flop, it, it just didn't, wasn't as big of a success as people thought. It's a DreamWorks movie, uh, Peabody and Sherman, a time-traveling dog and boy. I've wanted to see this, but I never did. Jake, did you watch this? I have not seen this yet. This is one, um, I don't remember why I didn't see this in theaters, but I mean, it is a spinoff of the Bullwinkle show, uh, Sherman and Peabody. Uh, I just hope it's as good as its source material. It's something I would like to check out. I figure it was as good as its source material since the parents didn't flock and drag their kiddos. Yeah, I never watched it, so let's keep going here. Uh, For Jake, do you have a need for speed? Ah, yeah. 
Aaron Paul's uh, um, Fast and Furious light movie. Uh, actually, um, I saw this. I thought the three. It's, it was a pretty good conversion. Uh, and if you like Fast and Furious movies, you'll probably like this one too. Uh, I thought uh, it had some decent car stuff. Uh, I mean, yeah, it has a few cliches. Has some really good performances and some good um, car scenes. Uh, if you if you watch Fast and Furious movies for the family, uh, your SOL in this, even though uh, family does play in the plot, this isn't a bunch of uh, Corona ads, barbecues, and stuff like that. Uh, it's mostly just some scenery chewing and a whole bunch of car racing. Uh, and Dominic Cooper uh, gives a gr another good performance, uh, this time as a villain. How's the 3D? It's good. for a, it's, a, it's a good conversion. I've played the Need for Speed games, and they're fun for what they are. I'm kind of, it's one of those things that you imagine this should be more successful than it was, especially since um, the Fast and Furious movies have become such a big thing. You would think this would be a success too, but I guess not. Yeah, I saw this in 3D on disc. I don't think this got a US 3D release. Yeah. Probably would have, it probably hurt it. So, moving on, we got the next movie here. A movie that some people may find blasphemous. Noah. Oh. This is bad. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, definitely what the fuck material. So, yeah. It, it, it's, it's preachy, and usually I wouldn't mind, and I don't really disagree with the preachiness, but it just doesn't fit here, and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And it has so much head, and there's so many choices that are so head-scratching. Uh, it's like, Oh, we're going to take the literal Bible story, and instead of being literal about it, we're going to take uh, kind of French science and what they consider these characters, if they existed, would have been. Oh, I can't even wrap my head around it. Uh, it's like they're trying to mix science and religion and don't understand what science or religion is. Made some decent money, three hundred million, but yeah, um, I, I knew how bad it was going in, and I watched it at home, and I was like, "This is still bad. This is one of the worst movies." And um, yeah, it, it just—it's really slow. It's tedious. Oh yeah, it's so boring. <laughs> uh huh. And the performances aren't even interesting. It's like everybody gave up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, we've been through a lot of uh, bad movies lately. Let's go on to a really great one. Uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Ooh, if I had to pick the greatest movie put in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this would be the one I would point to. I just think this is such a an incredible movie. I think it really has its finger on the pulse uh, about surveillance. And right and wrong, it is a lot, just 
it just resonates with me in ways that the other ones, the other Marvel movies don't. Um, it's a spy thriller, and it feels different from other movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's just so much fun. Um, oh. It's so interesting to watch. And the cinematography is amazing. And it's even more amazing that they managed to take the uh, shallow depth focus of a 70s uh, thriller and make it work in 2014 3D. It just, um, just blew my socks off my feet amazeballs uh yeah the russo brothers delivered in spades uh yeah this this was if you haven't seen this in 3d i highly recommend it now this movie is actually a lot of fun too because how it connected to um the new then at the time agents of shield and it like so perfectly connected and rebooted that TV show. And it was just like, holy crap. I watched the episode Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I watched this. And this is actually a lot of fun. And, mm-hmm. it, and then the, the next episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was really cool. A wild Krista has joined us. Hello. So we're talking about... Uh, uh, Good old-fashioned Captain America, um, Winter Soldier. Do you watch that movie, Krista, or no? No. You missed out. That's a great movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Winter Soldier is, is one of the best Marvel Cinematic movies, and it, it's a lot of fun. So definitely recommend that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great performances. This is uh, It's a keeper. So... Uh, Krista, the next movie we're going to talk about is Rio 2. Do you remember this movie? I only watched part of it. I did not have the patience for the entire thing. That bad, huh? Yeah, it's pretty... Eh. I mean, I just didn't really care. Yeah, the first one really didn't need a sequel. First of all, it wasn't that great. And they also pretty much told the story they were telling. And this is just kind of, oh, the first one made money, so we're going to cash in and make more money. And uh, it just seemed like a rehash of the first movie, more or less. So I'm just looking at the plot synopsis. Apparently the two macaws are now living in the uh, Amazon, and they're trying to raise their children. And how they're like, oh, I used to be a city bird kind of thing. I never watched it. It's like, yeah, who cares? Maybe this movie would have been successful enough to actually keep this species from going extinct in real life. Yeah, so it's a bummer. So it's a bummer. All right, let's keep going here. Let's talk about Transcendence. Now, I didn't know this was a 3D movie, but apparently in certain parts of the world it came out in 3D. Um, This is an interesting movie, but it's also pretty boring. Yeah, it's a uh, slow. This is uh this is something if this was a 45 minute short Wally Fight would be considered a genius. But the problem is this is way too padded. Uh the 3D is pretty it's a pretty poor conversion and it's the story is way too padded. Krista, do you remember this movie? Not at all. This is starring your favorite 
Yeah, favorite actor, Johnny Depp, that he uses artificial intelligence to transcend beyond humanity and ugh, just it's it's interesting concept, but it's just so boring. It's an interesting concept, but from the way you're describing it, like Isaac Asimov did it better. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if this was a 45-minute short, people would be praising this. But they dragged it out way too long. They stretched it out way too far. And just didn't have enough, just couldn't support it, the length they made it. All right, so let's keep going here to a tw- uh, Chinese movie, a martial arts Chinese movie, Iceman. What is this about, Jake? Ooh. About 90 minutes too long. Um, this is Donnie Yin at his worst. And it has a peeing gag that's even dumber than the one in the Ghost Rider sequel. Oh, because it's Iceman and it's cold. I guess what happens next? Well, basically this is a, man, a soldier who got frozen then thaws out in modern Hong Kong and hijinks of the most lowbrow slapstick comedy. This is just so embarrassingly bad. I mean, it's just a real... I mean, Wong Jing had more class in his comedies than this thing. It's just awful, awful, awful. Uh, This is the... Yeah, yeah, 2014 seems like everything was awesome or... The worst of the worst. There wasn't much in between. And this is really, really bad. This is one of Donnie Yen's worst movies. Oh, I've already said that. I've probably already talked more than this movie deserves. Alright, next up is The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, Krista, did you watch this? No, I do think I have a story in regards to... I'm not sure if it's... This one, or the original Amazing Spider-Man. But the three was bad because they didn't listen to their stereographer, and they put their stereographer in a corner and were like, don't tell us what to do. And just didn't listen to the stereographer. And they had, like, a very weird depth grading rule, which is not used in anywhere else. Because, like, usually you want, like, you know... 2% 2% depth, 3% depth uh, in, in a film. And they, for some reason, like, made a rule that it was, like, only, like, 1.5% depth or something. And so it just all looked bad. So this movie is um, oh, very disappointing, to put it nicely. <laughs> It has a uh, Gwen Stacy, Electro, Green Goblin, all fighting Spider-Man, and Spider-Man is obsessed with his story about who his parents really were, which is kind of a boring story. And the big act, the big emotional scene in the movie—it's a massive spoiler, but it's six years, so whatever—is the death of Gwen Stacy, and that death was actually really well shot and is almost perfectly comic accurate and it works but it just kind of i don't know the context of it is is was just shoddy yeah and then jamie fox as electro he was just bad 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they make him look like the ultimate one, and they give him... I don't know who in the hell... This is the type of shit they used to do in 60s and 70s movies about comic geeks and stuff. That stereo... They just... Yeah, Jamie Foxx played a stereotype. And, yeah, um... Krista, do you know how he got his uh, powers of electricity? No. He was submerged into a water with electric eels. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually you cut things, you, you let things go, but that time I was like, no, that's just stupid. Yeah, that's that's like that's worse than um how Catwoman got her powers in the. Movie. I actually do like Dane DeHaan as Harry Osborn. There's actually a really nice scene as with him talking to uh, Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. And then when he actually becomes a Green Goblin, I really didn't like it. It just... there's so m- And then they try to build up the whole uh, Sinister Six at the end. Ugh. Oh, they put enough stuff in here for six movies and developed nothing. There was a cool scene with Electro and um, the 3D scene in the Times Square. That was pretty cool. But, but with the rest of the movie, it just doesn't go anywhere. And it was such a failure that Sony gave up the right Super Spider-Man after this. <laughs> and we have him in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, so more or less, yeah. Okay, not only is it a bad movie, it is, like, one of, like, if you ever have, like, people say they hate 3D, it's probably because of this movie. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. So, let's keep going from a spider to a god, or a godzilla. Alright, I'm trying. I'm trying really hard, but I, there's no way to segue this. Godzilla, the 2014 live-action movie, which I really like, but half the movie is kind of boring. Yeah, it's not super exciting. Uh... And uh, they criminally kill off Brian Cranston too soon. Yeah, he was so good in this. Mm, I know. Like, you don't get to Godzilla until like an hour and a half in or something. <laughs> yeah, so that's not that uncommon in certain Godzilla movies. But uh, the 3D is kind of, it's dark and murky, so some of the 3D doesn't work very well. I don't know how you could have 3D in that movie look good when everything is filmed in like <laughs> super low lighting and like all to look super gritty and yeah that was a problem mm-hmm. I... <laughs> Chris did you watch Godzilla? not in its entirety I've only seen parts of it <laughs> so I still like the movie even with its flaw- uh, flaws flaws yeah Jake what do you think? Yeah, it's still it's still it's a decent Godzilla movie. I mean, only thing I was kind of ticked about is we're getting this American reboot, and we just had this Japanese reboot that was amazing. You know, Shin Godzilla, and and that's all on hold because we got to let Warner Brothers do their three Godzilla movies, and I'm like, no. Remember the 1998 Godzilla movie? God. 
Oh, God, I remember the 85 one. That one was pretty bad, too. Yeah, Americans shouldn't be making guns. Is this the movie that they tried to use, like, a nuclear bomb to kill Godzilla or something like that? That's what they do all of them, though. Yeah. <laughs> but even though Godzilla himself is a metaphor for the nuclear bomb? Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, this current Godzilla, Warner Brothers Godzilla movies are light years better than the other American uh, American versions of Godzilla movies. To get, so I'm I don't want to be one of these that is such one of these Godzilla fans that is such a nitpicker. These movies are so much better than uh, the past ones that that have been made. Heck. Or even dubbed and 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 trampled, uh, you know, scissored up the uh, Japanese um, versions in the original series. These ones are actually pretty damn good, and they're made for American audiences. Even the new one with the family plot that irritated me to all hell and back, still worthwhile. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's. I like these. I mean, I'm trying not to nitpick too hard, but I, they're worthwhile seeing. And the 3D, even with its faults, is worth seeing. Now, uh, definitely, the next movie is definitely worth seeing. X-Men Days of Future Past. I really like this movie. One of the better, if not the best, X-Men movies. That's not the R-rated movie. Uh yeah, this is one of the best uh, X-Men movies ever made. And the 3D in this was really good. Yeah. Krista, did you watch this or no? Uh, which X-Men movie is this? Okay. Days of Future Past. This is the one where Wolverine goes back into the past. Uh, I don't think I've seen it. Okay, so this one combines the new rebooted X-Men with the old uh, 2000s X-Men so combine the future and the past in a clever way and how they have everything it makes sense and it was kind of a reboot of the whole X-Men franchise and the scene with uh, Quicksilver is just excellent they could they, like they, they how he ran so fast and played the song um, it was just so good yeah, Jim Croce's Time in a Bottle. I mean, I love Quicksilver. I love all the Quicksilver scenes where... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can remember when people were worried about Evan Peters being as good as um, Eric Johnson in the... Didn't think he would be as good a Quicksilver as was in Age of Ultron. <laughs> Anybody who's seen America Horror Story would know how that matchup was going to turn out. Just saying. Quicksilver and Age of Ultron is crappy compared to the. Yeah, he's not a bad actor. I mean, he gave a really good performance in uh, the first Godzilla movie. You know, segueing it back to Godzilla, sort of. Uh, but uh, he just had nothing to do in Age of Ultron except die. Yeah. And in this movie, he's like so OP, so overpowered. That's just like, why don't they just keep him around? <laughs> He's so useful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Future Past is, is really great. And then they actually, uh, later on, they had, they released the Rogue Cut, 
with scenes that were supposed to be with Rogue, which I actually really like. I think it's a really good update, and it has a couple extra scenes in there um, that came out on the Blu-ray. So, yeah, definitely a thumbs up on that. Next up is Maleficent. Oh, Maleficent. I love the movie. I hate the movie at the same time. I was like, eh. Krista, what are your thoughts on this? I've never seen it still. I need to watch it probably, but it's one of those. Do I really want to? One of those that uh, the 3D shows off Angelique Jolie's uh, cheekbones. Um, so yeah, this is like a, a dark retelling of Sleeping Beauty and it's okay. Um, I rewatched it right before I watched the second movie last year and it's okay. I like it. I don't hate it. Um, it's fine. Um, it was part of the whole trying to have your dark Disney remakes before they're, you know, and make it different instead of just copy and pasting it like Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast were basically, you know, they're trying to do mix it up with this one. I give them credit. Let's keep going here. Now we got a movie here, Jake, that has a different title depending on when you watched it. Okay. It's called live, die, repeat edge of tomorrow, but sometimes it's also called live, die, repeat. And sometimes it's also called edge of tomorrow. Oh, man. Yeah, pretty crazy, huh? Oh, that's confusing as hell. See, I thought that the, I thought that the title of the tomorrow and that Live, Die, Repeat was the, like, tagline. It was, and then they were trying to make it more, uh, they're trying to spin it to make it sense to the movie. It's like a video game with Tom Cruise, and there's, like, an alien invasion, and they're trying to fight the aliens, and then he dies. But then he gets resurrected at the last, because there's like a time paradox in there. So he gets resurrected and he remembers what happens in each of the time loops. So he dies, he repeats it, and then he learns. And then each step of the way, you know, the time loop, which is like maybe 10, 15 minutes long. There's like five of them loops or something. And eventually he gets to the, you know, ending um, the time loop is broken. Uh, I didn't like this movie. I know a lot of people love it, but I was not a big fan. The, there's an episode of the li- librarians that is basically a guy trapped in a video game, and they did that concept so well. I have no faith in like any other interpretation of that <laughs> because, um, like, like I, I think the librarians did it better than Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> well, Star Trek's done this a ton of times, and a lot for most of the times I really enjoy those episodes. Uh, Jake, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I really enjoyed this movie, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Of course, everybody calls it a uh, uh, live, die, repeat. Uh, I guess that because the ad, the the ad uh, seemed to. I've oversold the movie. Um, I thought the 3D was really good. Uh, of course, this concept was done perfectly in uh, Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. This I, the, I love this Groundhog Day things as a trope in general, but mm-hmm. there is a lot of variation in 
uh, whether it's done well or not. This movie is going to come down to, I think, working for people is whether is is whether they can deal with uh, Tom Cruise being the jerk character that is redeemed by the uh, strong, capable woman trope that seems to run in so many of his movies. Now, for me, um, I like the concept of the movie. I liked a lot of aspects of the movie, but I just got tired of the repeat part of it where it's like, okay, cool. After like 30 minutes of it, I was like, all right, I get it. Let's just keep it going. And uh, I was ready to end it early. And I mean, that's just for me, though. I've seen this so many times done better in Star Trek. Um, One of my favorite films is a German film like called Run Lola Run, which is basically like uh, she she repeats the same thing three different times, except it is significantly different every time she repeats it. It's not like like the same thing over and over again. Like significantly different things happen due to slightly different changes in what she does. Mm-hmm. All right, let's keep going here to the first movie that we did on our this website and that I wrote the review for, and I love this movie, How to Train Your Dragon 2. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. So, okay, for me, I watched this movie, and I was like, okay, the 3D is great. That's easy for me. The movie is great. And I was like, okay, am I really going to give the first movie a review of 10? I don't want to do that, but I love this movie. And, you know, now thinking back, I probably could have been happy with the 9, but still, I this is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Krista, you watched it? Oh, yeah. I never saw it in 3D, though, but I would like to. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's uh, this is uh, well worth the trouble of seeing in 3D. Mm-hmm. And this movie um has a just emotional scene that resonates so well with the mom and how Tutelis finds the mom of um Hiccup, and it just works so well. The villain is a little bit weak, but still, I really love How to Train Your Dragon too. Mm-hmm. Well, that whole series is just incredible. Mm-hmm. All right, let's keep going here to some a series that is not incredible. Transformers: Age of Extinction. Woof. Oof. Chris, did you watch this? Nope. To be brutally honest, I couldn't tell you one Transformers movie from another. They just, I I've seen them. Because I, I, they're just part of the p- cultural zeitgeist, and I need to get better friends. I genuinely have no interest of, in watching any Transformers, to be honest. Uh, you're not missing anything except Bumblebee. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, this piece of garbage got a 3D Blu-ray release. Where in the hell is Bumblebee? I would love to rewatch that in 3D. All right, so this movie here is kind of a reboot sequel with Mark Wahlberg being the main protagonist. And um, I, I I liked it. I didn't love it. I, I gave it a six, I think it was, for what it was. It was entertaining. 
action. Um, the last like scene, like third of the movie, is set in China as uh, uh, blatant uh, China baits to try to get people in China excited for this movie. Um, and then like the dinosaurs that's part of this movie is like basically one or two shots and that's it. So, eh, I've seen worse Transformers movies. I'm trying to figure out if my professor worked on this movie because he's worked on one of the more recent Transformers, but I don't know if he worked on this one. Yeah, it was this one. The one after this is, um... The last Transformers movie before Bumblebee, which is The Last Night, which I liked about the same as this. Um, you know, The Last Night was actually recorded in 3D, and this is mostly filmed in 3D, and it does look great in 3D. The action is, I mean, if you can't make sense of it, but it's, it's, it looks great. Looks uh, great. So turn the sound off and just. Let the visuals wash over you, you're saying. Yeah, th- th- this was an easy grade 3D. So let's keep going here to another movie here. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. The first in the new Planet of the Apes trilogy. I love this trilogy. Chris, have you seen this movie? Nope. Oh. No, you sh- this is worth seeing whether it's 2D or 3D. This new Apes trilogy. Yeah, I'm a big Apes fan. The original um, series. I even seen that horrible TV show and the even worse animated series. Uh, and this new this new version is incredible. My professor did work on this one. Um, this is with Andy Serkis helping out, and it's so heartfelt. It's so emotional, and it's such a really great story. Um, mm-hmm. Now. The only problem with these Apes movies is that the, the movie titles are kind of weird. This is Dawn, and then next is Rising. So it's just it's kind of a weird title, but still. This one, um, one of my favorite performances of uh, just everyone in the cast. Um, specifically, I really, really like, um, what's his name? Oh, my brain doesn't work right now. Um, James Franco. Franco's great yeah. in this. Jake, what are, what are your thoughts? Did you watch this in 3D? Yeah. I just thought, remember just really liking the 3D and was just uh, and was just hoping that this wasn't going to misfire like um, the Tim Burton reboot, even though it was having that same feel and vibe. But it didn't derail. It just kept moving on forward and it was a really good movie and I was really getting into it and enjoying where it was going and this old ape apes fan was uh, was extremely happy with what they got uh, this has a 91% in Rotten Tomatoes and it, it's very believable and it's very like you really have a lot of compassion for the apes and mm-hmm. this movie and it really gets so much out of this movie I, I love these apes movies. So mm-hmm. they didn't just simply remake the original uh, series, and uh, and they just kind of went back to the drawing board. You know, took inspiration uh, from the original books and and just just updated with 
more modern technology and stuff. And the re this is just a this is how you do a reboot of old franchise. Yeah, and it's and it's proof positive you can uh put breathe new life into an old franchise and not piss off fans of the look some fans of the original you're never going to make happy and but do something good and old fans will appreciate it and and you'll make a whole bunch of new fans and this i mean this this is this i thought was even a better reboot than uh what was done with star trek and i and i enjoyed that reboot yeah this is a, this is a great great movie um, Andy Serkis as Caesar, he deserves an Oscar for his uh, motion capture work. It's just so great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, him and there's a few other guys that do some great capture work. Uh, I can see, I can see within probably the next few years, uh, capture acting uh, start getting nominated, start becoming a category in certain. Um, uh, award shows alright let's keep going here to Planes Fire and Rescue the Planes sequel Jake I didn't watch this what do you think I saw it it's fine it's I mean look after Cars 2 any spinoff in this universe is a step up this is (laughs) this is basically the the Planes uh, all become rescue firefighters and and this is a little more serious than um the first planes movie which is pretty much uh, a a variation of the first cars movie without uh much weight to it i mean this is fine it's not worth the hassle and trouble that you're gonna have to go through to see this in 3d but it's if you go through that trouble to see this in 3D, uh, you're going to enjoy it. It's pleasant. It's enjoyable. It's not. It's not earth shattering. It's not great. It's 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 above mediocre. Okay, so let's keep going here. We already talked about Hercules. Let's talk about the white-haired witch of Lunor Kingdom. I don't know anything about this, Jake. Uh, most this is a story that's been filmed many times in Hong Kong cinema. It is most well known for the '80s version with uh, Leslie Chung and Bridget Lin. They were smart enough at the end to use Leslie Chung's theme song uh, for this version. Uh, it's okay. They didn't crap on the beloved '80s version, but. They didn't really bring anything new to the table other than uh, adequate 3D. If you've never seen any other version of The Bride with uh, White Hair, you'll probably really enjoy this. And if you have seen the 80s version or any of the other versions, you'll go, that wasn't bad, it's pretty good. Um, It has... Modern uh, Hong Kong um, K, um, pop singers in most of the uh, most of the roles. A lot of these uh, kids, I'm not familiar with them outside of this movie, so I can't 
hell, a lot of them I've never seen in anything else because uh, I don't watch that many of the modern Hong Kong movies because I just don't really care for the actors. But um, this one is the 3D is like I said is pretty good. They follow the most of the beats uh, from the original, except they uh, pad out the story longer and add uh, some more conflicts and some attempts of characterization of background characters. But some of it works, some of it doesn't. Uh, there's the chemistry isn't nearly as strong uh, between the actors in this version. Of course, they're much closer in age because that was probably the biggest flaw in the 80s version is the characters were 20 years to the actors were 20 years older than their characters. Okay, now going from that, let's go to one of the more popular Marvel Cinematic movies. Now, Jake, this is interesting because i remember way back in the day me and james were kind of not sure about this movie because the comic was not super popular not and these characters are not well known and we were worried that this was going to be a flop but we were wrong guardians of the galaxy is great it works so well it, it doesn't make any sense when you look at it like a talking raccoon and a talking tree but it works so well on screen. Chemistry, Chris Pratt. It's so funny. It's so well done. Chris, have you watched this? No, I haven't. Jake, I love this movie. What do you think? Oh, I love this movie too. Uh, I'm actually a pretty big fan of Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, the older stuff by Arnold Drake. Uh, I wasn't that familiar with... Uh, the, the the later versions by A and B, uh, which is the basis for uh, most of 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 this version of the series. Uh, I just thought they cast this beautifully. Uh, James Gunn just knocked it out of the park uh, because it's the this is um, this is what I want out of a Fast and Furious movie and didn't get out of the one I watched because this to me is how you show uh, how pe how people become a family and Luke Pace was incredible as Ronan the Accuser he just plays such good dirt bags well I kind of think Ronan was kind of corny but I get that that was kind of the joke so yeah exactly uh, he that was him and Drax were kind of almost like two peas in a pod, you know, like when he said, oh, nothing goes over my head. I can catch it. I mean, they both were these both literal minded. And I just thought Lee Pace just knocked it out of the park. And Guardians of the Galaxy is actually one of the films that actually manages to use pop music well in like a not haphazard way like the pop music is actually an element of character development which is pretty interesting mm -hmm. yeah exactly all right let's keep going here to teenage mutant ninja turtles the michael bay live action 
Uh, I saw this. I didn't see it. I saw the trailers and I was like, nope, I'm not reviewing that. <laughs> so we didn't review it. Jake, did you watch this movie? Yeah, but I don't really remember it other than it was 3D and ugly looking. Krista, do you remember this? I don't know which whether it was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles I saw or not, to be honest. All right, let's move on then. Let's keep going. Uh, Sin City, a dame to kill for. Um, I, in, I liked the first Sin City. I think the visuals were amazing. I think the storytelling was cool. I liked some of the stories, not all the stories. How was the sequel, Jake? Uh, more or less similar to the... they. The, it wasn't like any out-of-the-park stories like the first one. I just remember the 3D was nice. It was... Nice. It just wasn't groundbreaking. It was just kind of more of the same, except some 3D. Krista, assuming that you didn't watch this? No. Okay, let's keep going here to a Leica animated movie, The Box Trolls. Now, I feel like this movie was very disappointing. Uh, Jake, what are your thoughts? Uh, I was happy enough with it. I mean, a bad Leica movie is still better than most. Uh, movies but uh it just doesn't see it i just don't have the interest in this and to the other uh Leica movies it just i didn't really care much about an orphan yeah. raised by trolls i'm it just it was felt i didn't even bad. know this was a Leica movie just because it doesn't seem like on brand with the kinds of movies that Leica makes. Yeah, this seemed to be underdeveloped. It was very padded. Did you watch this, uh, Krista? No. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the 3D being really bad here. Like, it should have been so much better than it was, and it just not being right. Like, it just didn't work. Oh, that's weird. Because Leica makes a lot of good 3D. Yeah, I don't know if it was my theater or what, but I felt like the 3D here was just, like, so basic. Barely there. Not really even worth anything. Jake, do you concur or no? Well, here, they would have riots since uh, Leica's kind of the hometown studio. If they didn't uh, screen these pristine, they would hear holy hell. So, yeah, I thought the 3D wasn't as good as other Leica projects but it was adequate in the theater I saw it in. But then again here, like I said, they take care with these because there's a little pride with the home team. So let's uh, keep going here to The Book of Life. Um, The Book of Life is actually a really great movie that kind of got lumped together with eventually... um, Coco. Coco, but... It's a very different movie from Coco. Yeah. Yeah, this one's really good, and the 3D is great. Yeah. Krista, you watched this one? This is one that I really want to watch, because I hear the 3D is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is well worth seeking out. It's like an untraditional love story, and like the art here is really interesting. It's different than what you expect, and it feels like they really have... Um, they still have the same kind of idea with Coco, about the afterlife being Dia de los Muertos. But it's also, it just, it's a very different movie. 
And I watched this twice in the theaters. I took my mom and my wife to the second viewing in 3D. And it's just like, this is so cool. It's so funny. It's so well animated. It just, it's a delight. And it's a really good story. Yeah. Well, I think this was a huge part of the original inspiration for Coco. Oh, yeah. Uh, Coco, if this movie hadn't come out and, and created a buzz, I don't think Coco would have happened. Probably. Well, you know how sometimes a lot of movies, um, especially animated movies, you know, they make them and they have similar themes and similar ideas. And this is, you know, kind of like that where. Yeah. Kind of like ants in a bug's life. Yeah. Except that ants was crap. (laughs) I don't like bug's life either. So I kind of like ants more than bug's life, but barely. (laughs) But it's been forever since I've seen those movies, so I don't know if I which one holds up. It just bothered me so much in Bugs Life that they weren't like six actual legs. <laughs> oh, that they walked on two legs. Well, th- no, they had four legs instead of six. That they just weren't a- atomically correct. And it's like what? That shouldn't be that hard to do. <laughs> but whatever. Well, I got over it. Just I mean, like, I, I like a bug's life for its narrative reasons, not for its scientifically accurate reasons. Uh, because it's not. Uh, it took me a while to get over when I first noticed that car- when I was little that c- most cartoon characters only had four fingers. It took me a while to get over that. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah, I was one of those kids. Does anal retentive have a uh, hyphen? <laughs> All right, so let's keep going here to Big Hero 6. Now, this movie has a big audience. I don't love it. I think it's fine. I like it. I just, eh. Yeah, this is kind of the weird uh, Marvel Disney uh, movie uh, that I like it fine. It's not one of my favorites. It's I actually, it has a very interesting robot character that... Not a lot of robot robot characters are actually that successful in mm-hmm. being robots. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, this is one that I couldn't believe didn't get a U.S. 3D release, like Frozen. This is like I feel like from what I hear is like a lot of people like it, but it doesn't really like it didn't capture their cultural zeitgeist. Like people kind of forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of it was, I think this got really negative impacted by not having a 3D home video release. Because this is one of these movies that built an audience on home video, and there wasn't a 3D version to help fuel that. I actually remember watching this in 3D, but it was like in the cheap theaters, and it was fine. It wasn't terrible, it wasn't great, it was it was okay. Um Chris, have you saw this movie or no? Not entirely, no. Okay. It's just it's just like a 7 out of 10 kind of movie. Where it's just like, it's not that great, but it's not that terrible either. It just should it's be better. Fine. Yeah, it's fine. For me, it was fine. Alright, let's keep going here to a movie that was only in 3D in China. Uh, the Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1. That's weird. Uh, do you remember this movie, Krista? Yeah. What'd you think of this movie? 
I mean, I'm not big on the Hunger Games myself. Jake, did you watch this or no? No. Uh, I liked Hunger Games better when it was known as Battle Royale. What? Oh, Hunger Games is... There's a lot of people, and I am kind of agree with them, that the Hunger Games books are really uh, borrow liberally from a Japanese uh, book. The English name is Battle Royale, where kids are forced to kill each other. Uh, that's how they punish uh, wrongdoers in the future. And they take them to an island, and they each give them a weapon, and they've got so many days until they kill, until there's one person standing. The only thing that the legacy of the Hunger Games has given me is Hunger Games Simulator, where you can put, like, random character names and have them battle to the death, and that's fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, this movie's actually kind of interesting because some protesters in Thailand were started using the Hunger Games Three Finger Salute, um, and they kind of, you know, that was interesting, and that was also something that was in the Ferguson uh, protest, so, you know, people really seem to enjoy these movies. I like them, um, and they kind of blend in together, because it's just like one story that's like five hours long, you know? four movies that were just like a lot of stuff going on uh so let's keep going here to the penguins in madagascar the um this is a spin-off from madagascar movie uh this was okay <laughs> this was when i was beyond the age of being interested in the madagascar franchise anymore yeah, I just what I remember mostly about this is the 3D was good, the character designs were good, uh, and I just remember this movie being pretty padded. If I remember correctly, I think the Penguins of Madagascar had a TV show after the Madagascar it films. Did. Mm -hmm. It did. Yeah. So like yeah, to so me, this was already like a dead horse. <laughs> yeah, they were turning this into minions. But the penguins in Madagascar are, are kind of fun, you know, characters. That they're scheming, mm -hmm. and they have their little, you know, plots and their characters. And I liked, I liked this movie. I didn't love it. I, I barely remember it. But like so. James Bond knockoffs as animals. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. it's not yeah. that original or interesting once you get past the. Mm -hmm. Like this is another case of the side characters being brought in to be a main character. Mm -hmm. Work. Yeah, if, if you gotta watch uh, Feathered Fowl is a Spies, Spies in Disguise is a lot better. Okay, so next up is a, a religious movie. Another religious movie. Oh my god, this movie. I hate this movie so much. Exodus, Gods and Kings. Krista, did you watch this? Mm -mm. Thank god you didn't, because it's not worth your time. Uh, Jake, did you watch this? Yes, I did. Oh my god! <laughs> I still, I still feel like I need to get revenge. How can any Exodus movie, like, like, what is even the point of making Exodus movies at this point when there is already the perfect Exodus movie in Prince of Egypt? So yeah, this movie, Krista has uh, Moses debating God. In this movie, 
about the strategy of leaving and God is a bratty 10 year old boy and that you just want to slap. Oh my God. Am I wrong, Jake? No. This movie is the perfect double feature with Gods of Egypt. Another turd. <laughs> that sounds so bad. <laughs> I would watch Pompeii or I Frankenstein before I would watch this again. But I wouldn't watch Noah again. If I had the choice between I had to watch one of these Noah or this again, I think I would choose jumping off a bridge. Oh my god. Yeah, this is truly dreadful. Um, I actually asked Miss Kristen to watch this because I, I could not stand watching this by myself and I had to have someone to talk to because when you give a movie a 2 out of 10, you have so much to talk about. <laughs> and the 3D was terrible. <laughs> oh, Jake, do you, is my 2 out of 10 too harsh on this or no? Nah. I would give it between a three and a two from what I remember. I can't see why I would give this a uh, better grade than I did uh, for, uh, God, now it's slipping my the brain, the one I gave a four to. Wrinkle in Time. Wrinkle in Time is a masterpiece compared to uh, this. Of course, even Geostorm is a masterpiece compared to this. Um. So, yeah, this is just so boring. And it's just so misguided. Yeah. Um, were they laundering money or something? I mean, some movies you start wondering if they were made to launder money. The, the, the part where they're escaping from the, you know, they part the, they part the river, the Jordan, I think it is, right? And then they, that looked really cool, but the rest of the movie was just kind of meh just a drag and i felt like like the, the character of god in this is just so angry it just makes me so mad it's like all right first you don't really have to have a physical presentation to god you could have god just be a voice but that the fact that they put him as a 10 year old brat just i just hate him so much i mean i feel like there's a scenario in which that could work, but you have to be extremely careful with that. Yeah. But this this suffers the same fate as, like, uh, Gods of Egypt. They just make these random th things, and they just assume you're going to... You, you are going to figure out their thought processes. No explanation. They just do things. And they're completely inexplicable. Um, so I'm reading through my review and, uh, the, they actually have the Moses character get married in this and, um, like the honeymoon scene I thought was very not tasteful and I felt like it was, it just cringe and I hated it so much. And this character was basically introduced just to have a wife and she did not do anything for the story. Do you remember that scene, Jake, or no? No. It sounds, it sounds like they're trying to troll the Pure Flix audience. This is also another movie about Egyptians that is white people. Yeah. Yeah, most of these Christian-themed movies, they just cast um, just all whites. You're looking at you, Noah, as well. 
And I remember this also having a question, is uh, Moses actually seeing God or not? Because it kept like kind of playing around the idea that he's just seeing things and no one really sees it. And just like, you're either going to have God in the movie or not. You know, you can't have it both ways and say, oh, you know, Moses doesn't know what he's talking about. And then this miracle happens. And it's just like, what are you doing, movie? If you're going to make a religious movie, uh, the smart play is to at least assume it's true. It's real. Treat it like it's real. Because the people who don't believe are going to avoid it like the plague. And though, and so your only audience left are believers. So at least try to appease your audience. Just say it. Yeah, and Moses is so not likable. And he has no confidence, no leadership, no vision. And he just has no charisma here. And just like, this is the main character of this movie. And I hate his guts. And I really do like this actor, uh, you know, Chris uh, Batman. Um, Chris Bale. Yeah. Yeah. Was That's just a massive miscast. Oh, and, uh, and the thing is, the editing did no favors for anybody. I mean, there was nothing. Uh, this movie just seemed, it's like, whatever the good choice was, they would pick the worst possible choice. <laughs> And I imagine that went to when they were assembling this to which take to use. It's like we have to use the most boring possible uh, delivery of this line. Yeah. So this is actually the last line of my review. Uh, Please avoid this movie at all costs because this abomination on film is not worthy of your time. Two out of ten. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, and I still feel that anger in my spirits. I was like, okay, this is six years later. I still hate this movie. Um, yeah, I uh, so yeah, we have one more movie here. Um, the Hobbits: The Battle of the Five Armies. Uh, Jake, did you watch this movie? Yeah, all the Hobbit movies just kind of all blend together because they're just one big old movie. That overly pads out the Hobbit. Uh, if you can let go of uh, the Hobbit and just kind of think, because this, face it, this series exists because the Lord of the Rings just did so well. They just, uh, Peter Jackson got to make the Hobbit into three movies and add a bunch of other Tolkien stuff to it. And the 3D is amazing like always but this is so padded and this is the final hobbit movie mm-hmm. so just in case anyone doesn't remember which one goes where this is the third one yeah this is this looked incredible and high a frame rate of course it was only the i haven't seen anything in the super high rate so i don't know if it looks fake and plastic i can't I can only speak to what I've actually seen in the and the forty eight high frame rate in three D. It to me it just looked really, really nice. Because you have to have more light and then it doesn't get too bright because the high frame rate sucks it up in the three D. They just 
are two great things that just go together, I think, and I feel. But again, I haven't seen the super high frame rate that Gemini Man was filmed in. Because even when I went to see Gemini Man, they had showed it in a lower frame rate at my theater. Yeah, the high frame rate thing is like the reason I feel like a large reason of why people don't like it is just because they're not used to it and for no other reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Krista, did you watch did you watch this, Krista? No. So yeah. The Hobbit. Um I gave up on the Hobbit. It was sad because I watched all three of the Lord of the Rings movies in theaters and I really enjoyed them. And The Hobbit, I was like, nah, they're milking this. Yeah. And they made a ton of money, so they're happy. It made almost a billion dollars. Yeah. I mean, I saw them. I, and someday I will uh, pick, uh, pick them up on The Hobbit ones on disc like I did The Lord of the Rings. Uh, I just hadn't because finances. Uh, but uh, When they switched to doing like uh, native 3D, they learned that some of their special effects that worked in 2D did not work in 3D, and they had to rework those special effects to, to work differently. Because it used to be the case that, um, like, when they have, like, a small person and, like, a big person, the way they would do that was, like, through forcing the perspective where, like, they were both sitting in the same space, but one was sitting further back than the other, so it looked like they were smaller. And they forced the perspective, so it looked like they were sitting on the same line, even though one was sitting f- further back. But in 3D, you cannot do that because you can, because of the the multiple perspectives, you can tell that they are not uh, sitting next to each other. Yeah, they're kind of doing that a little bit, except not to change size. But on a lot of TV, they're shooting right now because of covid they're having the actors stand apart but they're changing their the perspective they're shooting in makes it look like they're standing next to each other okay so going on to 2014 what do you think was the best movie of 2014 jake uh who that's a tough one i would have to go with the winter soldier and um i think i will keep it with how to train your dragon too krista I agree how to train your dragon, too. Um, worst movie? Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, this is tough. There's so many. Um... All right. I'm going to definitely say Exodus was horrible and it was, wor- it was the worst movie I watched in 2014. Oh, I think I'm going to give it to Pompeii. Yeah. Um... They teased me with that beautiful volcano. And they just gave they, and it wasn't enough to suffer through everything else. Krista, do you have a, a worst movie? <laughs> mm, I haven't seen a lot of these movies, so it's hard to say. <laughs> All right, I guess would you give it to Rio too then? Since uh... yeah, I mean, That's I'm pretty sure from the sound of it, Exodus is worse. <laughs> All right, best superhero movie. I think that's easy. Uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier. Oh, I'm going to give it to Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, okay. No no love for Spider-Man. Nope. Nope. <laughs> okay. Uh best sequel. Um 
that's hard um between captain america and dragon 2 um oh i'm gonna give it to dragon 2 i'm yeah. feel like uh, uh, dragon 2 needs some love from me okay best new original movie um i guess i'll give it to lego movie because i was expecting that yeah the lego movie definitely krista do you have any fight in that no so yeah 2014 um there's a lot of bad movies here a lot of bad movies here and this is the year the website was founded um and you know after uh dragon 2 i reviewed most of these movies so the reviews are still up but um it's it's interesting to see how things have changed in six years and uh it's kind of a nice little to go back in time and remember these movies it's kind of sad that 3d is dying just as 3d has finally figured its shit out yeah because yeah. like when you look back on like this looking back in the time capsule like you see like besides how to train your dragon a lot of people didn't know how to use 3d in a creative storytelling manner and we're just using it as a gimmicky get butts in seats manner mm-hmm. um i guess the best for me reboot i guess would be Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I think that was an excellent reboot to the Apes franchise. Yep, definitely. I mean, kind of, sort of, you could say X-Men Days of Past, Future Past, was a reboot <laughs> of the other X-Men movies. Because that's what ended up happening there, but not really. Yeah, kind of. It was a soft reboot, but First Class, even though it was a prequel, was, to me, the harder reboot. And our expectations were changed with Guardians of the Galaxy being, you know, way better than anyone thought it was going to be. Oh, everybody was expecting this to be the first Marvel flop. There were columns written that, because very few people in the mainstream really were familiar with James Gunn. And a lot of the people that were familiar with him thought he was just too rough around the edges to work with Disney. And... It was a smashing success, financially and artistically. I mean, that's another reason. That's one of the the things that actually is strong about superhero movies is there is so much source material. Like, there are so many characters we haven't even begun to try to touch in in film uh, that are from comics. So because there is so much source material, there is a lot that can be done in superhero movies that is original, or at least somewhat original, compared to what what people don't like about superhero movies is the Spider-Man type of things, where it's like, not all has been rehashed so many times, it's like, what are you bringing to the table by giving us a new spider-man yeah we've seen uncle ben die enough times uh <laughs> and in the batman movies we've seen the waynes die enough times yeah um we, we didn't talk about step up which i mean we neither one of us watched it krista did you watch step up all in no um krista did you ever watch uh mr peabody and sherman nope uh apparently lucy came out in 3d in china which 
a lot of people hate that movie. I thought it was fun for what it was. Uh, do you remember Lucy? Krista? No, what is that? It starring um, Scarlett Johansson. And in this movie, she learns to access 100% of her brain. Uh-huh. And yeah, basically this movie exists because Marvel hadn't got around to making uh, a Black Widow movie yet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you you know you know when once you start using one hundred percent of your brain, <laughs> you get telepathy, telekinesis, time travel abilities and such and such, and ability to hack any computer. So she becomes this immortal and super being. Yeah, it's like it's like that movie Unlimited. Because like we said, she used one hundred percent of the brain. Us mere mortals only used a fraction. Oh, such bad cliche that just doesn't go away. We use a hundred percent of her brain, a hundred per, you know. We just use different parts. It's a very scientifically inaccurate misconception. It's kind of a uh, transcendence, but all action sequences. Yeah, she's pretty badass in that movie. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, 2014. Um, that's gonna wrap up this time capsule. Uh, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Before this podcast wraps up, I want to thank my patrons. Thank you, Kano3D and Mr. Bingo5 for your financial support on Patreon.com. So that's going to be it for this podcast. Thanks for listening. You can find 3D or 2D on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, Instagram, and more. Just look for 3D or 2D. Links are in the info box. If you want to send us listener mail, our email address is email3dor2d at gmail.com. Thank you for either listening or watching this podcast. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.